Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. New month. December. We are in December. New month. New theme. Forgive and fulfill. So today's talk is the F word. So forgive is the F word, right? You got that. What other F word could I possibly be thinking of? Come on. We talk about forgiveness a lot, though, don't we? I mean, we're kind of in the forgiveness business in religious science. I think that we talk about it a lot because it is a real integral part of our spiritual path, isn't it? You know, forgiveness is a real strong part of our, of our path, you know. We know that withholding forgiveness, right, holding on to condemnation and judgment and hostility, desire for revenge, or, or you know, or at least holding on to grudges keeps us stuck, right? It keeps us stuck. It keeps us from, from spiritually moving on, growing. Um, in the Bible, in Colossians, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Now, hang on to that one. Just kind of file it away because we're going to come back to that. But we know that forgiving is the, our, our path to healing. It is a, a, a path to healing. Well, you know, and we hear it all the time, right? You got to forgive, you got to forgive, you got to forgive all the time. In order to advance on our spiritual journey, you have to forgive everything, everyone, every instance. But why, <laughs> right? Do you get that way? Do you get that? Oh, but why? Why that? Anything but that, you know? Why do I have to forgive to move on? <sighs> And the question behind that one is, of course, why is it so satisfying to hang on to our anger when it clearly takes more energy to hang on to our anger than to let it go? But there's something like, ooh, we just love that. Staying angry, but staying angry keeps us stuck. Staying angry keeps us stuck. We stay in the past when we're angry, right? Because the thing that we're angry about has already happened. So we're stuck in the past when all of our power is in the present. So we, we deny ourselves our own spiritual power by being stuck in the past in our anger. You know, you've heard the analogy, right, that, that um, w we keep people stuck in, the, in their past behavior, right, when they have wronged us or betrayed us or something. When we are holding them in anger, we're holding them in jail. We're holding them in the jail of, the, of their past behavior. And then we find out we're the ones that are the warden. You know, we're the ones with the key holding them back there. And so we are stuck in the past right along with them. So anger keeps us stuck in our narrative, right? And sometimes that's sort of comforting because we know who we are, right? When we're angry and we're in our story, we're in our narrative, we know who we are. We're the victim. <laughs> we're the victim here. They're the bad guy. We're the good guy. We know who's wearing what hat. We're real clear about it. You know, the problem is when we stick to our story, our story sticks to us. And that's the problem, really. Because then we get known by our story, right? Don't you get known by your story after a while? You keep hanging on to that story. You keep retelling that story. Everybody knows that story about you, you know? You know Louise in accounting? You know Louise who got dumped. Yeah, you know her. Yeah, everybody knows her. 
She keeps telling the story all the time, right? We wind up being known by our stories. You get to be known by your victim story. But why? But why, we keep asking ourselves, why stick to the story when forgiving always seems like the better option? It always seems like the better option. And the reason, I think, one of the reasons we stick to our story is that there's a payoff in there, right? You know, when I was in um, child-rearing classes, when I had little, little kids preschool, and we went to parenting classes, what they used to tell you is a child will not continue a behavior that has no payoff, right? So if a little kid throws himself on the ground and screams and cries and kicks his feet and holds his breath till he turns blue, and mom gives in and gets him the toy or gives him the drink or gives him the snack or whatever, he knows works. And all you're doing is you're reinforcing the behavior. If mom looks at the kid and goes, yeah, have fun with that, and walks away, the child will no longer continue behaviors that don't work, right? We continue behaviors that have a payoff. So I think that there's a payoff sometimes in being, in being angry, in sticking to our story, right? But what is that? What is that, you know? I'm angry, they did it to me, my boss, my lover, my whatever, my family, my father, right? What are we really receiving when we stick to our, I've been wronged, mistreated, cast aside story, right? Now, now I, think, I think a lot of times it's the obvious. It's the need to be acknowledged that we were wounded. That really helps. That really, really helps right? Having someone bear witness to our wound. That's very important. It matters. We matter. And so it's important, it's needed, it's necessary that we be acknowledged for our wound, right? I think it's, I think it's a step in the healing process that we be observed, that we be acknowledged, that, that someone knows that we were wounded. Acknowledging the hurt, acknowledging the thing that happened, acknowledging the wound is not, and, and not doing the spiritual bypass, right? Not doing the, oh, it's okay, it's fine, it's whatever, you know, it's all good, it's all good, it's all God, you know? They say that religious scientists in hell, you know? I'm not here and it's not hot, you know? <laughs> it, it doesn't really work very well. So acknowledging the wound really, really is important that we do that, but it's just a first step, and we have to go past that. It's a good thing to tell our story, to, to have someone acknowledge that wound. You tell it to your practitioner. You tell it to your life coach. You tell it once. You tell it twice, maybe. You tell it three times. But after that, right, after that, you're stuck in it. You know that old saying, what stinks after three days? House guests, fish, and your story. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's true. So, so, the healthy, so the healthy payoff is telling it to someone who then can reframe it for us, right? Telling our story, we get the acknowledgement of what we've gone through. We get people to acknowledge the wound. And then perhaps your coach or your practitioner can, can 
facilitate that healing process. But, you know, maybe there's another payoff for sticking to our story as well, you know. Sometimes there is a desire to be treated special, right, because of what we've been through. We've been through something. We've been, we've been betrayed. We've been left. We've been dumped. We've been laid off. Um, for whatever the reason, there, there can be a desire to be treated with special kindness, special dispensation after all we've been through. Sometimes we keep telling the story to people so that they can treat us with kid gloves, right? because of what we've been through. Oh, you have to be really, really careful with them. We get treated differently. We get treated special. There's more compassion, more empathy. People will go out of their way to be kind to us because of everything we've been through. We're special. And the thing about that is it holds us back. It holds us back as well, right? Oh, my God, you know, after everything that she's been through, she can't deal. She's too fragile. She's our little china doll, you know. We just have to put her on a shelf. Can't deal with life. That in itself holds us back. We're here to experience. We are here to, to experience the highs and the lows, the, the bliss and the betrayal, everything, everything. Our soul is craving experience. And all that does is it holds us back from experiencing the fullness. And forgiveness is the way through the limitation that we are imposing on ourselves by sticking to that story, right? Every single time we stick to that story, we're limiting ourselves. This is all I'm capable of. I'm just the victim. I can't do anything about it. I've been wounded. And forgiveness is the way out of that cycle. Forgiveness is the way to go beyond that limitation, that self-imposed description. We have to give up part of our identity. And that's a hard thing to do. When we're giving up our victim story, we have to give up part of our identity, our narrative, in order to forgive. And you see, that's the difficult part sometimes. That victim persona is the very thing we have to outgrow. It's the very thing we have to outgrow in order to move on our path. We have to reinvent ourselves. We have to become someone we don't know, at least in this aspect. And that can be scary, right? I mean, here we are, we're adults. We know ourselves. I know who I am. I know what I do. I know how I am. But we need to reinvent ourselves if we're going to spiritually progress past that kingdom one consciousness, that victim story, right? Hmm. <sighs> And when we get stuck in our victim story, we get stuck in our anger. You know, you know that feeling, right? And every time I think about that, I get angry all over again. Have you ever said that, right? Every time I think about it, I get angry all over again. Hmm. And that in itself, ladies and gentlemen, is another payoff, isn't it? Anger has energy. Anger has energy of its, of its own, you know? Anger, here you go, you're going to love this. Anger triggers the dopamine reward receptors in our brain, just like any other addictive behavior. And we train our brain to get angry, and then it gets rewarded with dopamine, and so we just keep telling it over and over and over again. 
forgiveness breaks that cycle. Forgiveness breaks that cycle as well. Ernest Holmes says this. He said, if we hold a grudge, we bar ourselves from the highest expression of our divine nature. God never hates, nor does God hold feelings of bitterness toward anyone. Thus, the grudge holder is trying to express God and something else, which is impossible. Spirit is not cut up into little sections. No one can say, I will accept God's healing, but not express God's love. And that's what we're trying to do when we're holding on to our anger. So, in our process of forgiving, what do we do? The first thing is we acknowledge our wounds. We acknowledge them. We honor them. That really happened. Someone, someone was unloving. Someone was unkind. Someone betrayed us. We acknowledge it happened. Acknowledge the wound. And then what do we do? We disrupt the cycle of anger. But how? You know, it's like all the time. This is a practical spirituality, so I'm going to tell you how. It's a tough one. Honestly, it is a tough one. Even in in writing this talk, every self-help book, every seminar, every webinar, everything that you read, has a recommendation for how to release the anger that keeps us from forgiving, right? I know you've gone through it all. I know you've all gone through the the seminars and the webinars and the self-help books. We probably have a shelf full of them. Write a letter to the person and then burn it. Yes, anybody? Okay. (laughs) Punch pillows. Do the praising and raising, right? I praise them. I raise them up in the name of God. Do that. Do the the, uh, Hawaiian ho'oponopono practice, right? I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Um, There's like any number of ways. You know what? You're going to have to experiment. There is no one way. There is no one way. Do what works for you. There is object labeling. Object labeling. You know, when you feel angry, what is that? When you feel angry, label it. What does it feel like? What is it? My fists are clenched. Name it, right? Don't say, I want to punch the stupid out of him. You don't say that. But you just, you say (laughs) what you're feeling. And these are I statements, you know? When you're labeling, objectively labeling, what happens to you when you're angry? My stomach gets in knots. My, you know, I get sweaty palms. I clench my fists, whatever. We object label. And then the next thing we need to do is reframe. You know, guy dumps me. I'm devastated. Turns out the guy's a serial dumper. <laughs> I'm not devastated. I've dodged a bullet. <laughs> I'm glad. Reframing. I just got, I just got fired. Is it good or is it bad? Best job I ever had. I will never have a job as good as that. I'm devastated. I've been fired. I'll move on. There are plenty of jobs out there. I'm going to get one I'm going to love just as much better than I loved this one. Reframing. It's not good or it's bad. Right? It just is. And we get to reframe our circumstances. It's reframing. It is not what happens to us. It is how we react. It is what we believe it means. If it means it's the end of the world, 
<laughs> you know, yeah, you're going to be devastated. If it means I get to fall back and regroup. I got fired from that job. I was just saved from something. Or I didn't get hired by that company. I was just saved from something. There's something better for me. Reframing. And this leads us to surrender. <gasps> now I just went from the F word to the S word. That one's just as bad, isn't it? The S word, oh my God. Surrender, surrender. Mm. Forgiving is giving for something. Emma Curtis Hopkins used to talk about this. This is in her third lesson of the 12, which we're going to be teaching in January. You got you to gotta come. Oh, man, those 12 lessons. Anyway, surrender. Forgiving is giving for. We give something up for something else. We give up anger for peace. We give up condemnation for love. We give up judgment for unity. That's what forgiving is about. It's giving something up to spirit. Ernest Holmes said this. He said, we are told that God will forgive us after we have forgiven others. Right? Now let's go back to that quote in the beginning from the Bible. Right? The Bible quote, you know, forgive as God forgives. But here's what Ernest Holmes had to say about that. This is a direct statement and one we should ponder deeply. Can God forgive until we have forgiven? Now, if God can only work for us by working through us, the statement that Jesus said is stands true. And it's really a statement of the law of cause and effect. We cannot afford to hold a personal animosity against the world or any individual member of society. All such thoughts are outside the law and cannot be taken into a heavenly consciousness. Love alone begets love. See, we live in a reflective world. We live in a reflective world. If we condemn, we get condemned. The universe can only reflect back to us. If we judge, we receive judgment. When we learn to forgive, when we, then we receive forgiveness. Not because God ever condemned us. God never condemns. But because we have condemned others. You see how that works? This is the law working out perfectly in the world of conditions. God doesn't condemn us. God is never condemned. So God doesn't forgive. It is we who have condemned others, and then the reflective universe just reflects it back to us. Ernest Holmes said this about divine forgiveness. He said, neither the consciousness of spirit nor the laws of the universe hold anything against us. Whenever we turn to them in recognition and acceptance, they immediately flow through us, imparting the divine givingness into our experience. Whenever we send out love, we get back love. Whenever we send out acceptance, we get back acceptance. The universe reflects back to us what we are. When we give up our attachment to anger, to suffering, to our victim label, we give that all up to spirit. And in turn, spirit gives us peace, fills us with peace, love. And it doesn't get better than that. Ernest Holmes said this, he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, perhaps one of the greatest phrases in sacred literature. 
places immediate salvation within the reach of all of us, but automatically causes us to suffer so long as we impose suffering on others. We could not ask for a more complete justice, a greater givingness, or a more exalted concept of divine forgiveness. The nature of God is revealed as infinite tenderness coupled with exact law. We are here to live that life. We're here to live that life of, of love, unconditional love. Unconditional love is unconditional forgiveness. Ernest Holmes said, remembering the spirit holds no evil toward man. God is love. God is love. And we should emulate the divine lesson and forgive all that our hearts may be free from the burden of our own condemnation. Thank you. Good stuff, Patty Paris. Thank